step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. MyW Sports Sports Monday, another edition of uh, the MyW Sports Sports Recap of the Week. Kyle Westcott, Luis Sanchez, proud to join. Um, well, Kyle, I'm proud to have you join me this this evening. Um, a lot to get to. We had a very busy week in sports. Um, a lot, a lot to get to, including the NCAA's um, NCAA basketball, NCAA hockey. We had the NWHL Isabel, Isabel Cup this weekend. Uh, so some, some WTA and LPGA action as well. So uh, a lot to get to, Kyle. Um, what what was something that stuck out to you this week? I mean, we had a lot to pick from, but what was something that you you're really excited to talk about? Did I lose you there, Kyle? And so we're going to start the show tonight. Tonight we're going to start with an outtake. I hit the mute button and did not unmute it. I pulled what to <laughs> call a Lewis Sanchez. I hit the mute. I'm sorry about that. No, um, no, you're good. You're good. I am totally pumped that it is uh, the first day of spring, but we still have so much winter to, to finish up and finalize here as we uh, finish up both, uh, well, the professional hockey league that was still playing and the NCAA hockey as well. So I'm pumped to talk about both of those two things, um, but obviously the one I'm most pumped to talk about would be the shock of the century. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of hockey to get to, and we'll get right into that. But, Kyle, let's first swing it over to you for the fun fact of the week. Sure, the fun fact of the week. Lewis, do you know where Yolanda Griffith is? No, I I don't, actually, Kyle. Why don't you inform us? Well, here's the great thing is she never really went away. The great WNBA player, 11-year career, seven-time All-Star also the league MVP in 1999 with the Sacramento Monarchs, led the Monarchs also to a WNBA title in 2005. If you missed it, she was sitting on the bench for the University of Albany uh, Great Danes facing the UConn Huskies just this past weekend. She's an assistant coach to Coach Mack down at UAlbany, and uh, it was great to see her on the bench and imparting her wisdom uh, to to the Great Danes down there at Albany. That's that's actually really awesome, um, I, Kyle. Correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but did she play for Long Beach in her first year in the WNBA? Remember uh, the Stingrays? Do you remember the Stingrays? I I don't remember the Stingrays. Um, no. I, I thought she was drafted by the Monarchs, but maybe not. Um, I think she. I think she. I think. Well, maybe. Maybe you're right. Um, we'll, we'll we'll fact check that before the end well, of. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we'll definitely fact check it. Actually, you know, I think we got it up right now. It's it's definitely uh, 99, 1999 first round pick, second overall to the Sacramento Monarchs. She played for the Long Beach Stingrays, which is, I guess, uh, another team in Chicago, the Chicago Condors, before joining the WNBA. So, um, uh, okay, so that that yeah, all right, fun fact. There you go. 
There you go. That was a well, very well-rounded <laughs> fun fact. <laughs> we do, we do our best here. We do our best. Um, all right, Kyle. So we 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 have a lot to get to um, around the leagues. We're gonna, we're going to talk about some pro fast pitch. We're going to talk about some football. Uh, NWSL is going on right now. So those are some things we'll get to a little later. And if we don't, uh, please check out the updates on mywsports.com. But Kyle, let's get right into the NWHL. Um, shocker, shocker. I mean. Shocker, but we can't, we can't, we can't spoil it yet. Let's first talk about the semifinals because <laughs> our, our fans, our fans deserve to know about these semifinal matchups that led to this amazing game that happened last night at uh, at the Songus Center in Lowell. Let's talk about Connecticut and Boston. This game, um, a lot of people going in didn't really know what to expect. Connecticut wasn't really uh, finishing the season out strong. They had lost to Buffalo to to lose out that three seed. But Boston, we we knew what they were bringing to the table. Boston scores eight goals in this matchup, Kyle. I mean, the two two zero already with Carpenter in the first uh, first five minutes. Then Bender gives them a three zero lead. You have a five one lead after two. I mean, Boston just didn't let up. No, you're right. And you know, afterwards we talked to a, a few of the Pride players and and Knight specifically and and Carpenter as well said you know, that they felt great that they really put together a full 60 minutes that night. And you saw that with, as you said, Carpenter scoring two in the first, but they didn't let up. And and this season, typically that first period has been a little bit of a, you know, kind of get used to the other team, kind of figure out what the weaknesses are and then attack in the second and third. And we've seen their point totals definitely go up in the second and third. And that's what we saw again here today is or on uh, Saturday was, sorry, going back to Thursday, on Thursday was, you know, they scored two in the first, but they just kept attacking and they got another three in the third, in the second and another three in the third. So, um, yeah, they, an all around great game and, and a complete effort for the, for the pride on, on Thursday. So we know Boston makes it to the Isabel Cup Finals. Let's talk about Connecticut. This is the end of their season. A couple of things I wanted to ask you. Were you surprised, you know, 3-0, Maybe not three zero. Maybe let's say five one. That Nicole Stock wasn't pulled. Yeah, I think so. But I, I also think that the coach has been very reluctant since he went from Lundberg to uh, Stock to to pull Stock, and I think that he's kind of put a lot of stock in Stock. And you know, I think it is what it is. I think the the whale are gonna live and die by what Stock does for them, unfortunately. So um, you know, I don't, I don't see it as a big upset or a big change but um yeah when you get to eight goals it's a little bit of a shock that that she didn't get pulled so in in this matchup we saw Brittany get the start for the pride um you've been pretty adamant that Brittany is is one of the best goaltenders uh in the league in this game she makes 24 stops on 26 shots um Connecticut just didn't have an opportunity in this matchup so we see Boston advance into the Isabel Cup Championship. Now on the opposite end, we have the Battle of New York with the Buffalo Buttes visiting uh, the New York Visitors. And now this is interesting, the Battle for New York, but in Newark, New Jersey, Kyle. New York sometimes likes to mix it up a little bit with their teams and kind of pretend that New Jersey is part of New York, so... Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. So in this matchup, we saw we saw Buffalo take a two-zero lead. Um, were you a little surprised with that? Did, did you think that New York kind of came out flat? Definitely. I mean, we talked about this uh, the night before when we were leaving the Pride game. You know, we really felt that the Riveters would have a handle on this game and and offensively that they would be able to to really just outshoot uh, the Buttes, but you know, they may have outshot them, but they certainly didn't outscore them. Yeah, Kyle. In in that first period, Megan Bozik gives them a 1-0 lead. This is about with five minutes left remaining in the first period. At that point, New York's out shooting Buffalo, uh, I think, 9-3, to and they finished the first period 11-3. to um, So you mentioned that the, the shots were there for New York. They outshot Buffalo 36-12 to in the matchup. Um, but, you know, when Tatiana Rafter scored that goal in the second period, it was a 2-1 game. Did you feel the tide turn there, or, or were you more like, hey, Buffalo's still doing a good job defensively? No, I, I thought it would be the start of something else. Um, you know, I thought that the the Riveters just needed to kind of get in gear, and, and once they kind of broke through the mold, I thought they might be able to, 
to punch home a couple more and, and make it a, in, and, and take the lead uh, on the Buttes. But um, there was just no, there was no, I, I don't want to say sense of urgency, but you know, the, it, there wasn't anything that, that uh, I felt that the Riveters changed tra- to try to get a, a better outcome. I felt like they kept doing the same thing. And, you know, Amanda Levier that night was just unbelievable for the Buttes. Were you actually surprised to see Levier in, in that instead of McLaughlin? Um, a little bit because uh, it was coming down to the the last at least game or last two games of uh, McLaughlin's career. And, and I thought she would have gotten the opportunity to go in the semifinal simply because of that. Um, so it was a little shocking and, and I don't know what would have happened if say, you know, um, the Riveters took a lead if, if the coach would have swapped her in to kind of end the game. Um, but yeah, I was a little surprised to see Levier go on this, but not surprisingly that they have switched quite a bit this year and they do have uh pretty similar stats and they do have pretty similar uh, minutes on the ice this year. So yeah, and part of that, Kyle, I, I think you mentioned it, having that split, and we'll talk about Buffalo in, in, uh, in the finals after they, they won this game, but there's a couple things I want to talk about in this game against New York. Emily Janigo, who's, who's had a phenomenal uh, rookie campaign, and even Haley Scamara, they, they were the catalyst in this, in this game um, for Buffalo and two young players. So, so what were your thoughts on that? And then I just want, I want your thoughts specifically on, uh, on Haley Scamara. Well, that's where I was going to go. I mean, I, I think this is probably, um, you know, one of those game-changing pickups that, you know, it, it's clear. I don't know if it was um, all talent or if she just comes in, Haley comes in with a great attitude that just kind of lifted the buttes. But there was certainly a um, a new sense of, of drive uh, for the buttes uh, once Skimura got added to this lineup. And and she quickly became a, a huge uh, part of this team and and scored multiple either points or goals uh, in her her first two playoff games. Yeah, and in her first three career games, she you know her first career game she scored a goal, um, and, and here she is in this game. I think she gets three, uh, two assists and a goal. Um, so she's all over it, Kyle. And part part of you know I, I was able to watch Haley um, at Northeastern play against BC the last couple of years, and and she's a great she's a great athlete. She's a phenomenal player. Um, she made Northeastern that much better when Kendall Coyne was there as well. So um, speaking about that, you know, speaking about this team. It was it was a lot different going into the final, and let's move into that final. So you've got Boston, uh, you know, sixteen and one on the year. You have Buffalo, who has six wins on the year alone, and three of those came against New York, and three of those came against Connecticut in the regular season. Um, they haven't beat Boston since they won in overtime when we were there back in January of two thousand and sixteen. Um, so, so what were your thoughts going into this matchup? Uh, well, let me start with my thoughts heading into the matchup. My thoughts heading into the matchup was that this was going to be a pride blowout and that they were going to score, um, you know, at least six goals. And this wasn't going to be much of a game after the maybe the first or maybe some of the second period. And that this was just going to be smooth sailing and it was going to be a great opportunity for a lot of Boston fans to see the Boston Pride take home the second Isabel Cup. All right, so even our, our Twitter poll that we put out before the game, 59% of our fans said that Buffalo, I mean, excuse me, Boston was going to win by three or more goals. 59%, Kyle. That's a lot. That's a lot of people going for Boston. So how big of a game was this for Buffalo to come in, especially after losing last year's Isabel Cup? How big of a game was this for them going in um, and, you know, getting the quick start? They they jumped out to a 1-0 lead uh, and then to a 2-0 lead. Well, this let's just talk about all the different storylines here. This was really just such a beautiful night, really a beautiful night. Um, all around. And, you know, you had somebody like uh, Harrison Brown, you had Brianne McLaughlin, who were finishing their career one way or another uh, Sunday night against the Boston Pride in the Isabel Cup. You also had that this was a rematch of the year before. 
you also had Kareem Bowie, who had just played for the Boston Pride last year and won the Isabel Cup against these Buttes. And now she gets in the offseason move to Buffalo and now plays for Buffalo. Um, you had a, a, a team that was 6-10-1, a team that shouldn't be in this game, that, that should have lost to, to New York in the semifinals. You have a team that, that has just such a great following out in Buffalo, but really has, has had the least amount of talk of any of these NWHL teams. And they come in, and as you said, a minute and 44 into this game, all of a sudden, they're up one to nothing. And, and I looked around the press box, and I looked around down at the Boston fans, and you could just see that there was a, there was a stunned look on everybody's face. A minute 44 into this game, the Buttes had already scored a goal, which you know I think a lot of fans thought wasn't going to happen that night, or if it did, it was going to be a garbage goal late in the game. So you mentioned it, 144 into the matchup, Buffalo has a 1-0 lead. Boston continues to apply pressure. They're, they continue to shoot uh, the puck on Brian McLaughlin, but nothing's going through, Kyle. And, and by the end of the first, um, well, midway through the first, Emily Janiga, who just scored in the semifinals two goals, she scores again. Um, and she doubles the lead for Buffalo. So they, they take a 1-0 lead into the intermission. Uh, in the second, you, that, the aforementioned Corinne Bowie, who was formerly with the Boston Pride, she makes it 3-0 midway through the second period. Um, w- now, what are you seeing with the fans? Now, what's the reaction? What's the atmosphere like at the Songa Center? So actually, it was 2 nothing heading into the intermission. And you know, you just saw at the intermission, again, just this kind of stunned, like, okay, it's still, you know, just two goals. The the pride can come back from that uh, after one period. It's only 20 minutes. No big deal. They normally start a little slow. As we head into that third period, you just see chance after chance after chance where the puck falls in front of McLaughlin and the the pride player just can't get a stick on it to put it in. Or... Uh, it comes off of McLaughlin's pads, and the the pride player gets gets a you know I thought the Buttes played great defense on on the night, and and the Buttes player was there to to defend it as well. Um, you saw blast from from Blake Bolden with the 87 mile per hour slap shot. You saw uh, Casey Bellamy, Hillary Knight taking hard hard shots, and and every single one of them, McLaughlin just gobbled right up. And, and in fact, I'll say that our very own Erica Ayala fell off of her chair when the third goal was scored for the Buttes. That's how <laughs> important and that's how shocking it was for the Buttes to be up three to nothing halfway through the second period. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, man. So at this point, Kyle, you know, fans all over the world who are Boston fans, are, are like, all right, well, this is a potent offense. You know, no deficit is too big. Brittany Yacht gets replaced for Lauren Sabodnik. Um, but the comeback, didn't, it didn't happen. Um, and as a Boston fan, you're sitting there like, all right, well, 2-0 is a good deficit. We can, we can make up 2-0. But if this thing might go to 3-0, you're kind of worried. And like I said, Boston's a team that they've scored three goals in a matter of five minutes. Um, it's very doable. But it didn't happen in this game. And was that credit to Buffalo's defense? <laughs> and Brian McLaughlin. I mean, here you're absolutely right. And and they've the Pride have come back from three goal deficits, I believe, twice this year. And you just know that it wasn't too far to go with with 20 minutes left to play. But you know, the sense was that they really needed to put something on in the first two minutes and kind of start to make that chip away. Um, cause if you could get one in the first two minutes, now you have 18 minutes left to score two, which again, as you said, little by little, they could have done that. But when you see, again, you have Bram McLaughlin just standing on her head all night long. And I will say, I, I think she only got crossbar help once. I think everything else was a pretty solid save, um, by her or the defense. I don't think that there was a lot of, you know, that got by her and, and it went off the post. Um, 
So she was just unbelievable. I mean, you stop 60 shots in in a game, not let alone your last game, let alone the championship. Um, it's unbelievable, and and she did all of it in one game. Told you the Boston Pride would outshoot a team 47 to three in the last two periods of a game, and still lose. I tell I mean, you, you're crazy. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you that that there is no way that they shot 47 times and scored two goals. Well. That's exactly what Buffalo did. Buffalo did not get a single shot on net in that third period. They had 14 shots total, 11 in the first, three in the second. You mentioned it, Kyle, 60 saves for Brianne McLaughlin. She earned the the NWHL Isabel Cup MVP with 60 saves, but 62 shots for Boston and just two goals, Kyle. I mean, how? Two words. Brianne McLaughlin. And well said. I mean, you know what the, what the great <laughs> thing is, Kyle, is last year she talked about it. She talked about how she felt last year, and she said that she considered retiring after last year and decided that, you know, one more year. Um, and it's always like that, isn't it, Kyle? Isn't it always a storybook ending? Hey, one more year, and then I'll, I'll you know, I'll hang it up. And, um, you know, so most of the greats do it that way. So, so props to Brianne McLaughlin, who uh, who went out a champion, and Harrison Brown as well. Uh, well deserved championship for him as well. Yeah, I, I think it was great. You know, when she made the decision that this was going to be it, she didn't know, you know, how it was going to play out. But certainly, this is a great ending for her and and for Harrison, and you know, and the Buffalo Buttes. It's a great, um, you know, it's a great revenge. Uh, game from last year and uh, you know they didn't they weren't too boastful about it afterwards they were just happy for each other Uh, they were happy that they played great for their teammates they were proud of the teamwork and they were proud of of how they stuck together and and how they overcame this this thing that nobody thought could happen well, and just to just to highlight how improbable the run was, is they were a game away from playing Boston in the first round. And who knows if if Connecticut beats Buffalo, maybe it's Buffalo who loses eight two in the first round, and Connecticut who's hoisting a championship right now, um, or or even New York if New York plays a, a different opponent. So there's a lot of things that can go into it. But thinking about what Buffalo was able to do, winning that last game of the season, knowing what was on the line, uh, and then you know beating the number two seed for a second consecutive year, and then taking down the the 16 and one uh boston pride to win the championship 17 and one if you count their playoff win um so an incredible feat for buffalo congratulations to buffalo buttes their fans their organization uh all the players and everybody involved there uh boston uh unfortunate loss but but we know um we know next year is going to look a lot different for for this league cow so before we move on to some ncaa hockey let's talk a little bit about what we're looking forward to with the nwhl knowing that we might be um or at this point we don't know but possibly we'll be losing some national team player yeah i mean that's a huge question mark right now and and unfortunately we don't have an answer to that because of what's going on with the the national team players and uh currently they are down in uh, some of them anyways are down in philadelphia and uh working on negotiations with the u.s national uh committee um but yeah it, it could be a huge game changer next year uh, whether they do or whether they don't uh, leave to go play in the Olympics, because you look at at really at both of these teams, um, but obviously you look at the pride and and how many players that they have that they're going to lose if that happens. Um, but I do think that they there still is a strong core there. Um, you know, we'll see more players come out of the NCAA's this year and and join each of the teams as well and. And, uh, you know, I'm very excited to see what does happen if the U.S. national team does go, because I think players, especially some of these rookies, the the Mie Denches of the world, um, you know, that that came onto the scene this year and and had such just a great uh, start to the season. You know, if if they get their opportunity to really thrive next year, um, I think it's going to be great for them and I think it's going to be great for the league. 
Absolutely. And like you mentioned, a bunch of great athletes coming up from the NCAA ranks to the professional ranks. So a lot to look forward to there. And and big shout out to ABC News uh, for putting on a live stream of this matchup and the NWHL for for working out that partnership to get fans uh, access to the game who who couldn't make it out to the Songus Center. So uh, big props there. All right, Kyle, anything else before we wrap up this NWHL talk? Wow. That's all I have to say. Wow. (laughs) I mean, seriously, though. When you think about some of the the hugest upsets of all time, they, this has to rank up there. And and the things that had to happen for it to happen, as you mentioned, you know, this, we might not even be talking about this if we were playing this when it was supposed to be played at the end of April, when it was a three game um, uh, championship, you know. But because of the change in in schedule, because they shortened the season, they shortened the playoffs you know, uh, making this a one-game playoff allows for something that, like this to happen. And as you said, the the way that Buffalo beat Connecticut on the last day, the way that they beat the, the Riveters, who they probably shouldn't have, and then to go out and beat the Pride the way that they definitely shouldn't have. Um, you know, it's just an unbelievable story. And, and I really hope um, that there there is some follow-up on this and some, some way to um, – you know, kind of keep it in, in our memory bank of whether it's, uh, you know, a, a documentary of it or something to that effect, because this was such an amazing run and, and from such an amazing team and then such an amazing uh, set of players that uh, I hope that we, we don't forget just, just how incredible this, this, this last week has been. Absolutely. We'll make sure to keep note for our, our MyW Sports top moments of the year special that that we love to do every year so I'm, I'm excited for that Kyle we've had a lot of great moments and it's only it's only March so uh there, there's a lot to look forward to but even even Absolutely. more to appreciate from from this past year and as you mentioned I think a lot of people should should take more notice about what Buffalo accomplished um and, and what these players specifically I mean I think you can take any player on that roster and there's an inspirational story just waiting to be written excuse me <clears throat> written talked about uh, a feature to be done I mean you think at Brianna McLaughlin, you think about Emily Falzer. There's just so many people on that roster um, that that have significant stories that that are just amazing, and it's 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 a true testament to what that team was able to do coming together uh, at the end of the season to to make the run that they did. So again, big shout out to Buffalo uh, and the Buffalo Buttes. You talked about the NCAA players coming up. Um, can, can can we skip? Do you mind skipping this this segment? Do we could we could we just like fast forward this segment? I don't no, I don't feel like I'm. No, we can't skip it. This was an unbelievable weekend for for NCAA hockey as well. We have to talk about it. Do do, do we have to? We have to. Let's start with number one Wisconsin. Number one Wisconsin in the semifinals took on Boston College, and this was an unbelievable game. Uh, both teams were tied zero zero. Until there was 16.7 seconds left in the game. And Melissa Chanel got the game-winning goal for the Wisconsin Badgers to send them to the national championship and send Boston College (laughs) back to Boston. Oh, you just had to throw BC in there, huh? Oh, Kyle, I'm still not over it. I couldn't skip one of the semifinals. Yeah, well, we we could have pretended it just didn't happen and said Wisconsin just won and that's it. Um, geez, uh, yeah. So you know, I I still can't process this. I mean, this was, you know, thinking about some of the greatest games I've ever seen, um, just ever. Uh, Yankees Red Sox O three, where Aaron Boone launches a home run. Oh. Um, you know, I, I you know I think about that moment specifically uh, a lot. And especially after last year with Boston College losing in the national championship to Minnesota. Um, I think this one was worse, Kyle. I think this one hurt more um, over anything, over all those memories of me as a kid. And now this one, this one was tough because I think, you know, we've talked about it on air, off air. This Boston College team, they were resilient. You know, they suffered through so much adversity this year, whether it was suspensions, um, you know, players leaving campus or leaving school because of uh, personal issues, injuries, whatever it was, they responded. 
Um, and they did it with, with a positive attitude. They believed in each other. So it's 17, you know, 16.7. Six, is that what you 16.7? 16. 16. You want to get seven, real specific? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, 16.7 seconds away from overtime, my heart was ripped out of my body, and, and I had no idea how to process this pain. So I will tell you this. I think Katie Burt made a statement. I think Anne Renee is a great goaltender. But also remember that what I just said before that, um, and I think Wisconsin Wisconsin really put put on a show. I think BC and Wisconsin really put on a show. Both teams did not get a goal on the power play. Um, it, it was a true testament to how great defensively these two teams were, and it was very different from the other semifinal we saw. Absolutely, and again, when you when you have a a, a great defensive matchup like this, and it's zero zero, and you know every every bouncing puck every um you know every defenseman's move cha- could change the outcome of that game and you know it's it's the small things that you you never know what it could be but you know unfortunately on this day unfortunately for BC fortunately for Wisconsin um you know the 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 one puck that just happened to uh, slide by Katie Burt was was all it took you know and you're right she had an unbelievable performance um, but unfortunately, you know, the win is, the win is not in, in the Boston college favor in this game, in this game. And, and Kyle, I'll say this. I mean, you, you talked about it. This, <clears throat> this matchup had a, a lot, you know, a lot of defensive storylines, a lot of great goaltenders. And when you think about the matchup itself, I mean, Anne Renee came in, um, playing phenomenal and she you know she rolled that hot streak into this matchup and to shut out a bc team i i'll tell you now i can't remember the last time boston college was shut out um it's 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 a very long time ago um so that that's something right there as well is just just showing you how good wisconsin was going into the final um you know bc is no slouch and and to 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 see what this team was able to do and, and you mentioned the the one bounce both Chanel and Bert said they didn't see the puck. Um, neither of them saw where the puck went. It just went in, and that's that's all it takes in in a tough game like that. Well, and look here, you have the Petty Cavs winner and Anne Rene Desbiens, and you have Katie Bird, who's an unbelievable goaltender in her own right, and and only a junior. And you don't make it into the the Frozen Four without a great goaltender. I mean. We're going to talk about two more in, in the other semifinal, but, you know, great goaltending is what gets you to this place, you know, and what you do offensively is, is going to be the difference in, in the game. Absolutely. And that, like you said, that bounce went on the side of the Badgers. So they go into the Frozen Four final in St. Charles, Missouri at the Family Arena. Now, before we go into semifinal two, a lot of, a lot of talk and a lot of, a lot of stoppage uh, on the ice um, because of the, of, of the ice conditions, Kyle, and I was not a big fan of uh, this national championship being in St. Charles just because there really aren't any NCAA institutions around there, minus Lindenwood, who hosted it. Um, so what were your thoughts about the ice condition going into into this matchup or, or what you saw from the game? It, it's tough. I, I I hate to think that, you know, the ice condition can change the game. Um, but it certainly can, you know, we can see players, you know, not, not get as good of a footing. We can see the, the puck get an extra, uh, an extra bounce. Um, you know, it, it's the ice conditions can be a huge deal. And, and something is as small as I saw the other, um, after the game, somebody had a picture of, um, one of the goaltenders and behind the goaltender, you could see a puddle of, of water behind them, behind the goal. You know, if the puck goes behind that and stops, now you're changing the the way that the puck is moving. And if, you know, a defender or, or I should say a, a forward is able to get to that and, uh, you know, stop and move in the other direction, she may have an advantage over the goalie, you know, just because of something as small as a, you know, a little extra water on the ice. But but it is a big deal. And, and I agree with you. I, I find it a little difficult to uh, have it in a place where, you know, there aren't as many schools down there. And, and also, if, if the ice conditions aren't going to be good enough for the Frozen Four, you know, which is a big deal, uh, I, don't, I don't know that that was the right move for them to play down there. 
Yeah, and you, you you know you saw in in New Hampshire last year, and you've seen in in whether it's Minnesota or, or Connecticut uh, or even uh, out out in Wisconsin, uh, there's always big crowds there. And, and it didn't, it didn't seem like this was as, as big of a crowd as it could have been. As you mentioned, these were, you know, some of the best teams in the nation that bring some of the best crowds in the nation. And it, and it just didn't seem like that was uh, available, but let's go into that second semifinal, Kyle. Let's talk about Clarkson and Minnesota. We talked about the first game being a defensive battle. This became an offensive battle, and, and it was it was it was a seesaw affair. You, you saw one team take the lead, the other team had to respond, uh, and, and it became more more Clarkson doing that. So Genevieve Bannon she gives Clarkson a one zero lead, and then Katie Shipper she scores to give Minnesota the tie. And we saw that throughout, Kyle. So what were your thoughts about this matchup? Well, I think you just had two very evenly matched teams and, and two, again, I'll, I'll say two great goaltenders, but you also had two great offenses. And, you know, it, the greatness, <laughs> I think, was the seesaw. It was great that, you know, as soon as one would score, the other one would come right back. And, and that just makes for such awesome hockey. Um, and that's what we got in this game. Absolutely. Lauren Gable made it 2-1 to one for Clarkson in that second period. Then Sarah Potomac, she made it 2-2. Two to two. Savannah Harmon in the third uh, made it 3-2. to two. Uh, And then Sophie Skarzynski, she made it 3-3. Three to three. We're at a tie game. We're, we're winding down in the third period, Kyle. Now I'm sitting here like, oh, maybe we're going we're gonna to see another late goal. Um, and that's exactly what we see. 91 <laughs> seconds left. Ryan McGill from Kaylee Mercer. Um, she puts it home to beat Sydney Peters and give Clarkson a 4-3 lead. Now, we were anticipating Minnesota to tie it, but did they just run out of time, Kyle? Yeah, yeah. And, and look, it's funny how these things happen, but I think it happens more often than you think is whatever you saw in one semifinal, you're going to see in the other. And, and we saw two – I'll still say 90 seconds is a pretty late goal uh, comparatively to the whole game. Uh, last year, we saw two overtimes in the semifinals. So, you know, this year it, it didn't go to overtime, but it came right down to the wire in both games, which is which is pretty cool to see. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. Both games going to overtime last year. Uh, and then this, you know, these games going into, you know, less than less than 91 seconds in both games decided the winner in both. So uh, that's, that's a great comparison. And so now we have Clarkson. Um, Shea Tiley. Now, you talked about Tiley last year in your goaltender ranking. Um, I had told you I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't really high on Tiley. But, man, she made 28 saves, and she showed me something in this matchup, Kyle, and I think she showed a lot of people in the nation because she's also a junior. Well, <laughs> I told you, don't sleep on Shea Tiley. Um, <laughs> I had her as my number three goaltender last year, and, and unfortunately, you know, BC was just better in the semifinal last year, and and knock them out a little earlier, but, but yeah, Shea Tiley is a great goaltender that has a ton of potential. And, and I know that she's getting a lot of looks at the national level as well. Absolutely. And in this matchup, just one penalty, a very clean game, seven goals in this matchup, just one power play opportunity. And that went to Clarkson. Uh, so congratulations to, to Clarkson to moving for moving on uh, and defeating a powerhouse like Minnesota. They knock off the golden goal for the defending champs. Now, the Golden Knights take on the Badgers in the championship, Kyle. We go through a scoreless first period. And, I, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, this is a goaltender battle. Tylee, Davian, uh, we're probably going to see another one-goal game. That, 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 quickly, uh, that quickly shifts in the second period, does it not? Yeah, I, I, I don't know what happened on Sunday, but the, the hockey gods, like, decided to just everything over O to the other side O. I mean, here we are waiting for, you know, Daysbien and, and the Wisconsin Badgers to win and to shut down Clarkson, and, and they are able to just continue to score on Daysbien and, and really put this game away pretty early for, for Clarkson. Yeah, you know, so that's – for me, I think that's the incredible thing is in a defensive game that we saw in the first, you, you you thought you know hey any team that gets the first goal if they can if they can pack it in and and just play defensively this might be a 1-0 game um and that's basically what it was you see Kaylee Mercer with 304 remaining in the third period make it 2 to 0 um at that point Kyle do you think it's in the books or do you still see Wisconsin making a comeback 
Well, I I was worried. I was worried <laughs> to start the year that the Wisconsin offense was going to be what was going to hinder them. And then they proved me wrong all year long until they get to the the Frozen Four and they score one goal with 16.7 seconds remaining in the semifinal to to squeak by a very good BC team. And then they don't score in in this game either. And and unfortunately it was the, you know, not for lack of effort, but just lack of execution that Wisconsin, you know, their offense just let them down in this game. Now for all the talk of Tylee, she made 41 saves in this matchup to shut down the number one ranked Badgers. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Kaylee Mercer. Um, Two goals and three assists in the Frozen Four. She was a Patty Kaz Award finalist. Was this sort of her like, hey, I can beat your Patty Kaz Award winner? Ooh. I, I mean, I just think she's a, she's a hard-fought player anyways. I think she's uh, somebody that, that is going to have a great career in the, in the profes- professional leagues uh, in the very near future. Um, <clears throat> I don't know that she was going out there to – to try to beat Daisy ends, but I think she was going out there to try to help Clarkson uh, win the national championship. So I, I don't know that it was specifically for that, but, but certainly, you know, there is a great drive in her. All right. Well, congratulations to Clarkson on winning their, their second uh, national championship in program history. They defeat Minnesota a couple years ago. They defeat Wisconsin here uh, on Sunday. So an incredible feat for Clarkson, a program that's definitely made its name in the national headlines and has put itself uh, up with Wisconsin, Minnesota, Boston College, uh, and a Minnesota Duluth for uh, for those teams that, that you know, you, you want to be careful when you're playing in the Frozen Four or in, uh, in any game this season upcoming. So, uh, again, congratulations to Clarkson. Uh, anything on NCAA hockey, Kyle? We're going to see a lot of these uh, seniors join us um, next year in CWHL and NWHL action. But any final thoughts on the hockey season? No, I just – I think this was a, a great season. It was great to see uh, the ECAC really put a, a name out there for themselves again and – and, uh, you know, it, it's interesting to see, you know, where the seniors are going to end up next year and how many are going to go to the NW or to the CW. And specifically if, if the uh, U.S. Olympians are, are not playing and, uh, you know, there, there's an opportunity for more of these players to be playing in the NWHL, I think that would be a great thing. Absolutely. So very well said. Let's uh, wrap up hockey talk and move from NCAA hockey to NCAA basketball. Currently, we have uh, six, eight games remaining before we're officially into the Sweet 16. So eight games going on this evening into later on this night. Uh, tonight, uh, Bacal, we have eight teams that already stamped their ticket in. We had a really, really incredible start. Um, no real huge upsets. I'm going to tell you now, Kyle, I, under, I underestimated the 12-5 upsets this year. Um, did not see Quinnipiac making that, that kind of run uh, or, or pulling off that kind of win. Uh, but anything that surprised you in the first and second round? Oh, boy. Um, not really. I mean, I think there's always going to be upsets. But the question is, who's going to remain at the end? Who's going to still be there? when we're talking about the, the eight or the final four, um, you know, and I think when I, when I think about who those teams are that I expected to be there, I, I still see all of the names that, that I really thought would, would win. I thought they would be there. So um, I, I'm not overly surprised yet, but, but the best is yet to come. So let's talk about the round of 32. We had number three, Maryland, advance easily against uh, number six, West Virginia. Number two, Mississippi State demolished DePaul. This matchup wasn't close. It was 92-71. DePaul made it closer towards the end. South Carolina survives against Arizona State. Uh, That was a 71-68 game. We'll talk about that one in a second. Florida State advanced 77-55 against Missouri. Oregon State advanced 64-52 against Creighton. Uh, Let's move over to Lexington region. Notre Dame advanced 88-82. I want to talk about this one as well. That was against Purdue. uh, And Texas as well had a a pretty close game against number six, NC State. That was 84-80, the final in that matchup. And number five, Ohio State defeats number four, Kentucky, 82-68 to advance 
into the Sweet 16. We'll get you some games that are going on right now in just a moment. But, Kyle, a couple of games that I want to talk about. Let's first talk about South Carolina against Arizona State, 71-68. A big comeback for South Carolina at the end of, uh, at the, end of the fourth to get this game close. Arizona State had a chance. They just kind of self-destructed at the end. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we have to we have to remember that a, a win is a win, and sometimes it's it's by a lot, and sometimes it's by a little. But a win is a win is a win, and you know this this one was close. And I I saw some people on Twitter saying that you know because this was so close, South Carolina is done, or or that you know because it was so close, this other team should have made the the tournament. And I'm sorry, like they still won. I know that it was much closer than it should have been. Um, but you know, with standing in an in injury and still winning, uh, over a, a pretty good Arizona state team, let's not forget, you know, I'll, I, I really like the PAC 12 this year. And I really think that there are a lot of very good teams in that PAC 12 that, that could, uh, continue to make upsets and continue to make runs, uh, towards the final four again this year. Absolutely, and speaking of uh, of the Pac-12, you have a lot of great teams in that conference this year who made it made you know quite quite a name for themselves in in uh, in the tournament. We saw Oregon State have a great run last year. Um, they you know they defeat Creighton by 12. Creighton kind of surprised me in this matchup. They came out guns blazing, uh, and I think they surprised Oregon State. Are there any surprises uh, for you coming up or that you saw uh, in the first couple of games? Well, I, I want to mention the one that's going on right now. I think, you know, the Oregon-Duke uh, battle with, with Oregon up right now, I think that's that's a big one that could really send shockwaves. Uh, again, another Pac-12 team uh, doing their part. Um, and I think Tennessee right now being down, uh, we got seven minutes left in the fourth, and they're down seven as well. Uh, that could be a huge loss for, for Tennessee as well. Yeah, Um when you think about that Tennessee team, I think they're interesting because I have them in one bracket going pretty far. Um, you know, and it's the same with all of these teams. It's who shows up. So you see this team down a couple of, you know, was it seven with seven minutes remaining? Um, we saw Texas A&M come back from 21 points down in the first round uh, to, to, to sort of shock Penn. Penn was cruising Absolutely. in the game. Um so it, what, was, what was that like, Kyle? I mean, when you're taking that as a microcosm of what the tournament is supposed to be, um, a team like Tennessee trying to make a big run, they're, they're scoreless in the fourth right now. Well, I mean, again, you're starting to talk about in some way or another the best, you know, 16 to 30 teams in, in all of college basketball. And you know what? You can't ever slow down against any of these teams because if you let off the gas pedal – they're just going to come storming back. Like you said, in in that one game there, you know, down 21 and they come back and, and that was just unbelievable. And you see it time and time again, it's never over until that, that final horn sounds, whether it's at the end of regulation or whether it's at the end of overtime. Absolutely. So number five, Texas A&M will take on UCLA tonight. Uh, Some other games to look forward to. You mentioned, you mentioned, uh, the Duke Oregon game right now, Kansas state uh, losing to Stanford. So number two, Stanford looking well on their way to advance. I think that game probably just went final. Uh, it was 67, 48 last time we checked number 12, Quinnipiac against number four, Miami. Kyle, your thoughts. You think Quinnipiac can keep the run going? Oh, I, I don't know. The Miami team is, is very tough. That This could be a tough one uh, for a team like Quinnipiac. So um, I expected Miami to, to still be here and still win uh, against the the five seed in this round anyways. Uh, So I think I'd still stick with Miami here anyways. Another game I want to talk about Cal and Baylor. Baylor just put up 119 points against Texas Southern. I I, I mean, 119 points. The final score was 119 to 30, Kyle. Um, Is Cal going to put up a fight in this matchup? Well, again, I mean, they they play in that Pac-12. They've faced – many of these teams that are still in, in the tournament, um, you know, they're not a, a, a very high scoring offense, um, but you know, they, they play a pretty good defense and, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, 
but I also just I still see Baylor moving on in this round. Did you fill out a bracket, Kyle? I did. So you're gonna you're gonna reveal to our audience who your winner is? <laughs> Uh, my winner actually is, it was, I'll say it was, it was uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks. And unfortunately, I'm a little nervous now with the the injury that they got uh, in this past game. Uh, I, I'm curious if they're still going to be able to hang on there. But but I look, it comes down to, you know, we're looking now at, at you know, the the sweet 16 right and and you're looking at you know from the bridgeport you know yukon who's yukon gonna face well you know it could be uh it could be an early ucla game it could be a maryland game again both of those are tough matchups and to do those on multiple nights in a row you know or, or you get a day off but still that's a lot to ask and and you know you look down at the the oklahoma city region you know same thing with the baylor Baylor's a great team. I really like what they have, but but you've got a Washington, you've got a you know Tennessee if they can come back here, that you'd have to go through both of those in uh, three night, twice in three nights. Uh, in the Stockton region, you know South Carolina, like I said, I like them, but you know I also see Florida State is a very very good team that that could upset them. Um, and down in Lexington, you know Notre Dame has had a couple of close ones already and. And, you know, I see a team like, like Texas or a team like uh, Ohio State that's continuing to do what they, um, you know, have done all year, which is score in bunches. It, it could be tough for Notre Dame as well if you see them back-to-back. Absolutely. And Notre Dame also had a big injury last night, losing uh, yeah. a couple nights ago, losing Brianna Turner. So that's, like you, men- you mentioned, uh, Alicia Gray is – um, Great. Thank probably gonna miss the rest of the season, and and I think she joins Coates as well. Uh, I think it's Elena Coates, um, who who was ruled out before the tournament for South Carolina. Um, so a, a lot of injuries happening here for some of the the number one seeds, but we'll see. I mean, last night Purdue, number nine Purdue, took Notre Dame into overtime, um, and that was an incredible game. But but somehow the Irish found a way to win um, that finals, 88 to 82. So uh, anything can happen in the tournament, Kyle. That's right. That's right. Uh, big matchup if if it happens, UConn Maryland. Who did you have advancing there? Uh, well, so I actually UConn Maryland would be the uh, the final out of that region. Um, <laughs> I, if Duke doesn't come back, they're really going to screw me <laughs> over because um, I I actually had Duke uh, losing the Connecticut there. Okay. Okay. I'm with you on that one. I, um, so I had one, I had two brackets. I had one bracket that had Maryland beating Connecticut and winning the national championship. And then I had the other one where I didn't want them to play Maryland. So I had Duke beat Maryland and then Connecticut beat Duke. So that's, that's how my, my, <laughs> my logistics worked on that one. Um, all right. I love it. Bracketology, bracketology, uh, bracket time. Um, I love it. It's all, it's all great stuff. So we'll keep you updated on scores here. I, I, think with one minute left it's 60 or 45 seconds left it's 67 60 Oregon over Duke right now in the fourth uh and Tennessee making it interesting trailing by eight now um 59 51 with 451 remaining so if you're listening live go catch those games right now um as we wrap up here on my w sports uh Kyle anything on basketball before we move on no I'm just pumped to, to see the rest of this uh tournament finish out Absolutely. So, again, you can watch all the games on ESPN's family of networks. You can watch them all live on ESPN3.com. Uh, so go watch those games. Uh, a lot of great athletes playing right now. And who knows, maybe maybe you'll witness something that you never thought you'll see, um, like we did with Boston and Buffalo this weekend. So That's right. A lot, a lot. Uh, all right, Kyle, let's talk about some soccer or some football. Um, NWSL preseason has kicked off. You know the Breakers have a preseason schedule. All the teams are playing uh, either colleges or, or uh, AAU programs or uh, those sorts of, of teams. So any uh, any big news on on your end uh, with the NWSL? Or what are you looking forward to the seasons? You know, right around the corner. Man, you know what? It, it's tough because you know being uh, in the Boston area, I was kind of hoping for more out of the breakers this year and and uh haven't really seen too much in the off season that that tells me that they're 
you know, moving in the right direction and improving the team that they had from last year. Um, so it's, it's a little bit of an unfortunate scenario there. Um, you know, I, I, I'm curious to see the new uh, Western New York Flash, the new uh, now, what are we calling them? The Carolina Courage. Courage, courage, yeah. Um, you know, I'm curious to see how it, how it transfers down to the Carolinas because they had, in my opinion, a, a great fan base up in Western New York, and and it, it's just unfortunate that that Western New York, after winning the title, um, you know, got got moved. So I'm curious to see how the Courage start off this year. Absolutely, I think my team, um, and I know EA would love this, but it's Sky Blue. I think they made a lot of great acquisitions this offseason, made a lot of great, great picks in the draft. So um, I think they're going to be an interesting team to watch um, going into this season. I think they're going to be, they're going to be fun. So I uh, can't wait to catch a breakers sky blue game later on this season. Uh, all right. So from football to football, we go to IWFL, WFA, and US, USWFL news. Um, if you haven't checked it out already, or uh, if you haven't checked it, or listen to it, I should say. Uh, Four-point stance by Fox Sports down uh, in Hopewell. They do a, a good podcast on some of the women's uh, women's football leagues. Uh, check that out. It's Ashley Edmondson um, with our partners down there. So we just want to shout her out. But Cal, this the football season is about two weeks away here in Boston. Uh, I know some teams get started a little earlier, so just under two weeks for them. Um, a lot of things to look forward to. What, what are you thinking uh, for this football season? Well, I think the new WFA, I think with all the teams that have uh, come over to, to the WFA, I think is going to be very uh, interesting. I think it's, it's going to be a big season for the, for specifically for the Boston Renegades. Um, you know, they had such a great start to last year and unfortunately lost uh, the quarterback there for, for the, the remainder of the season, late in the season. Um, but, you know, if they can come back healthy and, um, you know, I think they're really going to give the DC Divas a, a run for their money this year. Yeah, I think they played DC twice twice this year, so that's going to be some fun matchups between Boston and DC. But um, I just want to shout out Boston; they they've been really supportive. I tweeted out the other day that you know Boston uh, Boston hockey has has really hurt me recently with Boston College losing to Wisconsin and then the Pride losing to Buffalo. I, I felt you know. I had to share my thoughts, and, and the Renegades were there to provide some some inspirational words. And big shout out to the Boston Renegades for that. Can't wait to uh, to cover the team this season. So um, I, I think you're right. I also think that there are going to be some big some some big moves this season. I think we're going to see some other teams make a name for themselves uh, in their division. Uh, so I think the playoffs this year are going to be really fun to watch, Kyle. Well, and and let me say this too. I I don't. I it doesn't matter where you live please go look at WFAfootball.net and, and look to see if there's a team around you because there are so many more teams now, uh, not, not only in the WFA, but in all of the football leagues um, that, that need your support and, and would love your, your fan support as well uh, at the games, cheering them on, uh, or just taking in the, the scene. You know, we're, we're looking at, as you said, just a couple weeks away from, and I'm only looking at the WFA format, 31 games to be played the weekend of, of April 1st. I mean, that's unbelievable. And a lot of these teams, like I said, whether they've moved or not, some are brand new. Um, and so there's a lot more teams out there to, to go see and, and go support. So look it up, check it out and uh, go support women's football. Absolutely. And just on that note as well, if you are interested in covering any of these teams from IW Sports, please reach out to us, uh, com, or send us a direct message on social media. Uh, love to grow our coverage wherever you are, whether it's California, Texas, Oregon. Uh, there are teams everywhere. So so definitely go look, as Kyle said. And, and if you're interested in whether you're a fan or even becoming part of the media uh, and joining MyW Sports, great mission, uh, definitely reach out to us. We would love to uh, to talk some more. So I uh, just figured I'd throw that out there, Kyle. So let's move on to some tennis. Uh, the BNP Paredes Open, Alina Vesnina, she wins in three sets after losing the first set uh, in a tiebreaker. She takes the second 7-5 and the third 6-4. It's her 
third career singles victory, uh, first in a while, but she's won two doubles titles there at Indian Wells. She adds a third, this time a singles championship. Uh, quick headline from the NPF, National Pro Fast Pitch Softball News, the league, and 2XU, which is two times U, uh, partner in a three-year deal. This is um, an Australian-based compression apparel company, so it's a three-year partnership uh, with the Australian-based company. Big news there, Kyle, especially with the uh, the Australian national team partnership. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a great opportunity to, to grow some sponsorships and grow, uh, you, you get some extra uh, cash for the league that, that you know, hopefully we, this could lead to either more teams, more uh, games, more television uh, rights for the MPF, you know, all of the, those things uh, take money and, and take sponsorships. And so I think this is a, a great thing and, and obviously came out of, uh, you know, allowing the Australian players to play for, for Chicago this year. Absolutely. Um, last big headline was the Bank of Hope Founders Cup in the LPGA. This tournament this weekend was won by Anna Norquist. Uh, she won the tournament beating Ariana Jutanagarn and three others who were tied for second place. Uh, Jutanagarn finishes second. Three Americans finished in the top ten. Uh, a lot to look forward to in the LPGA tournament as the season progresses. Kyle, did we miss anything this this uh, this segment? Um on ladies golf or anything on anything <laughs> uh i just want to throw out there as well we're we're starting to wrap up uh alpine skiing uh our our favorite uh short tracker anyways michaela schifrin uh still leading the overall world cup uh results right now so uh we're we're closing in on on finishing that up and and she is leading the pack quite handedly right now so <laughs> you know hopefully we'll know in the next couple of days all right, so keep track of that on MyW Sports uh, at MyW Sports on Twitter, or follow along uh, at mywsports.com. Again, follow us on social media at MyW Sports is bringing you motivational Monday, Top Player Tuesday, Women in History Wednesday, Throwback Thursday, and Friday favorites. If you have any ideas for these days on social media, please let us know uh, or visit us on or visit us on mywsports.com. You can always make a donation at gofundme.com forward slash mywsports. For Kyle Westcott, I'm Luis Sanchez. Uh, always appreciate you joining us, joining us wherever you are and however you are. Um, have a great rest of the week, and again, thank you for joining us here on MyW Sports Sports Monday. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.